0: Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Amy you are the founder of Workplace Initiative, and your URL is wpinitiative.com. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So tell me what Workplace Initiative does.
1: So we're a corporate coaching, executive coaching, and leadership company. Basically, we provide executive coaching, uh, coaching for emerging leaders, groups, teams, um, and leadership development training.
0: How, I know you were in the corporate world for a long time. Yes. Tell us about that, and then how. how you- <laughs> <laughs> You're like me. I mean, I transition. I left that 22 year trial career to become a peacemaker. So I get the I get the transition. Yeah, so, yeah, I bet just, you do. <laughs> I'm here curious about your story.
1: Yeah. So um, I guess, my, you know, I kind of grew up to sort of go into corporate, I guess it was, you know, in 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 my day, uh, we didn't really know what that even meant. Like if, if it wasn't lawyer, doctor. You know, sort of those professions that were very obvious. Um, Anything like around business was unclear. Uh, But I knew that's probably what I was going to do because I didn't want to do the other things. Uh, So, um, go to college. I got very interested in the entertainment industry, media industry. That's where I started. Uh, You know, it it just kept evolving like careers, right? There's not a straight path for most of us, uh, but lots of twists and turns um i went and i got my mba in london and that sort of began my real deep corporate career in marketing i worked uh in the uk for a while then i moved to california and spent 11 years with the same company and it was um it was a really interesting roller coaster of an experience <laughs> That was a mix, you know, as a roller coaster, right? H- highs and lows, and the high points were, you know, just being able to do some really amazing projects and having really being fulfilled by the work I was doing because it was expansive and because I was learning and because I was helping develop people on my team, and all of that was great. But then it had some real low points that were very much to do with culture and uh, and leadership and. I was laid off in 2015 in one of those typical corporate stories where new, new leadership came in, new CEO came in, kind of knocked everybody off one by one on the senior leadership team. I was somewhere in the middle of the of the picking off. And, uh, and that just began a whole world of what's next for me. Um, I was not young at this point. I was experienced. And I felt very wise in a lot of ways. Um, but yet like was not finding my fit anywhere uh back in corporate. And the longer kind of that path to finding somewhere took, <laughs> the less I wanted to go into it. So um as I was do as I was kind of going through this period, I did a lot of self-discovery work and uh, meditation, and all, all sorts of different things I'd never done before, and really took time uh, diving into myself and what I wanted. And that led me to discover coaching. And in a really selfish way, one of the things that really appealed to me was that I could go train as a coach. And in training, I get to keep doing all the stuff I was doing in terms of understanding myself better and, and all this, you know, expansive work around my own self. So I was like, wow, I get to actually like learn and really enjoy the process, which I've been doing ever since. And then, you know, after training and, uh, um, it's because you know, as much as I sort of was resisting corporate, it also became really obvious that that's exactly where I belonged. Uh, coaching in a corporate, you know, co- coaching people who went through or are going through a lot of the challenges that I went through in my career.
0: Wow, <laughs> long so you've story. When did when did when did you, when did you start coaching?
1: Two thousand and I I trained in two thousand seventeen. Started really with my business two thousand eighteen.
0: Okay. And you're based in Southern California. Yeah. Huh. So what is it now you've been a coach for what now? Five years. Uh, what yeah. is it that you enjoy about your work the most?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I would say that the, the single biggest moment uh, of enjoyment comes when I feel like somebody's just discovered something they didn't realize before and it's usually a new perspective or some sort breakthroughs can sound very grand so it, it might not be like a, a massive thing but it's a shift it begins to change everything um and i think because that's what i discovered for myself i mean it's all about changing perspectives and being open to you know a new way of thinking about things what when clients do that when I when I see them do that where they've been stuck and all of a sudden it's like oh you know there's there's some there's another way um that's just amazing it's so exciting
0: so you get really excited when you see the transformations occur yeah what's your
1: book completely I mean I love this work so much I could never have imagined being in a career that that would be so fulfilling that I would do Like enjoy every minute of it. Oh.
0: So, yeah. you know, there are a million people out there that are coaches. It's, it's yeah. kind of saturated marketplace, I guess, low barrier. I
1: resisted for a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what makes you unique and special that sets you out and differentiates you from all the other one of these out there?
1: Um, you know, my, my trite answer is that I'm me, and nobody else is me, right? Um, and I I truly believe that when it comes to coaching, um, clicking with people is the most. You're not you're not going to get anywhere if there isn't that chemistry that you know. So so that me factor it matters. Um, but I think also, you know, my background helps. What I'm trying to, and and this is kind of what I say, and in, in, you know, on my website in my business, is make work better for people. um I've had too many Mondays where I'd wake up in the morning and be like, you know, it's a defeating feeling, right? Sunday nights were like the worst, and Friday night, right? <laughs> because it was like, yes um, I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I am excited for Monday morning and I know that that's possible. And so for me working with people, whether it's, you know, whether it's the teams, the individuals, uh, helping other people get to that place where they're excited on Monday mornings, because they've made choices that lead them there. Um, that that's, I mean, I don't know if that's a differentiator, but that's, uh, that's kind of my why, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the energy I bring to, to the work, it, it you know, it's all wrapped up in the same
0: Yeah. Thing. You're pretty, you're pretty high energy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's think about a young woman coming out of college today. What advice would you give her? You've got daughters, you've got a daughter in college. So what advice do you give your daughters about what to do with their lives now that they've, gotten most of their education out of the way.
1: Oh God. Well, it's funny because when you talk about my daughter, I'm like, what can? She, what advice can she give me? Because honestly, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm kind of joking, but at the same time, I recently had an epiphany. For years, I've been saying when people would ask the question, like who's had the most influence on you in your life, Uh, I would say my mother, although I know, you know, I I talk about my father in in a recent interview that we did, but, um, but, you know, I talk about my mother, she was, she's really, um, she's an amazing woman, but I kind of realized that at a certain point, my daughter started having more influence on me, my eldest daughter in particular, because she's got it all together. Um, So advice for her, I don't know, but, but in general, I would say, um, really valuing yourself. I think for young women in particular, um, not selling yourself short, uh, knowing like really diving into knowing who you are. And I, God, I gotta say this generation, Gen Z, they have that in spades, I think, Um, which is perhaps why my daughter can teach me a a thing or two. But I I really believe that um, sticking with who you are is you know (laughs) it that's the beginning right
0: it's a lifelong journey
1: it is a lifelong journey for sure Uh 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 showing up as yourself will make you so much happier i agree than trying to be someone you're not
0: that's right and it's and it takes a it took me a lot of years to learn that lesson and and it took a um it really did take a long time. I don't think I really started feeling that until I w- had left the practice of law. So I was no longer identifying as a trial lawyer and, and becoming a peacemaker and, and starting to r- r- really find out who I really was. And that's hard that is, when you're a kid, a, a young person, a young adult, that's hard.
1: I think it is. And it changes over time. As you said, yeah. it's a lifelong journey, right? So who you are changes right. constantly, gratefully, because that. The- that's a good thing because we grow, um, but I think it's embracing it. Like I, I, I think about it in leadership terms, right? That um, who, how do you discover who you are as a leader, right? That's something that I talk to, especially the merging leaders right. who are trying to figure it out and you know, being authentic as a leader. And what does that mean? And I, I've written on that topic because I think it's so important. When I was coming up, it was about role modeling. And I think there's value in role modeling if you're role modeling the right person who resonates with you, who fits with like who you are. But I was in an environment where the the people who are successful were not the kind of people I was, right? And so, you know, as a young person, do you think, well, to be successful, I need to be like that. And I think that sometimes happens. And I know, and that affects the culture of an organization, right? Because everybody is modeling this
0: behavior. And so, so I, I, your, your comment about authenticity really struck me. Um, I would imagine that in your coaching practice, you, you are part of what you try to do is help people become more authentic. If if that's something they see as being valuable, how do you, how do you help them develop that? I, I think I know what authenticity is. Maybe we should talk about that. Let's talk about our define our terms. How, how do you see when what you, is authentic? You it, when you say that somebody's authentic, what are you saying about that person?
1: I think it's that they're, they're not, they're acting in uh, what's the word I'm trying to say in alignment with their values. Okay. I think that's like the, the from, especially from a leadership point of view or a, uh, um career point of view, I think that it, it it crosses everything. I think that's a baseline. But I know with when we're talking about um in companies, in leadership, you know, there are parameters that, you know, there's such a thing as being like too too much yourself, which could act against you. So in the context of career and profession and uh business and uh leadership uh, it's be, staying in, in staying true to your values
0: i would add to that because i know you're big on um, on emotional intelligence uh, yeah. I, I teach emotional competency uh which then leads to emotional intelligence i my sense of my sense of it is that an authentic person is somebody who's emotionally very mature mm. and that they 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 are emotionally self-aware, they can self-regulate, and they have cognitive and affective empathy, and they know how to use those skills. And when that yeah. when that happens, now now they're settled into their skin, and they can they can modulate themselves appropriately in every context, and they always come across as what you see is what you get. Yeah, without, without a lot of the emotional baggage that a lot of people have.
1: Yeah, I like that, and I th- I think the the values piece probably is like the that comes first right
0: right Right.
1: and it's part of the self-awareness right knowing when you're in alignment or out of alignment um and how you you know as you said um you know how you're uh regulating and
0: um right exactly um well this show is called listen with leaders so it's obviously about listening (laughs) our your your interview with me in authority magazine was about listening and love uh, it you had some really interesting insights. Tell us about the importance of listening uh, from your perspective.
1: Gosh, yeah. Well, I think off, uh, far too often people think of communication as talking. <laughs> That's the first problem. Um, so with listening, you know, it, it is literally the other, it's the, it's the yin to the yang or the yang to the yin, right? Uh, talking without having somebody Really listening is pointless. So yeah, so I mean, really is a massive, it's a super important communication skill. And then effective listening is the ability to pay full attention without distraction so that you're understanding right it's listening to understand
0: right it's hard to do uh there's some in, uh, there's an interesting new uh, brain scanning study that's coming out, come out that shows um the people that interrupt in in conversation and, and really can't listen it's because they have low impulse control, low emotional impulse control and so they get, they get distracted somebody says something and it triggers an emotional experience and now they have this urge of this impulse to deal with the emotion and to heck with the consequences. And so these blurred out whatever they say and, and they can't, it's very difficult for them to listen because they can't manage their emotions very well, which is really interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I would say a personal example is um, I have a daughter that only recently, uh, my other daughter, who is only recently uh, at a later age diagnosed with ADHD. Hmm. She used to interrupt all the time. And it's that impulse control. It's her focus is the problem. So it's right. She's very immediate, and that yeah. you know, and and the active listening, being an effective listener, as you said, is it's difficult for the best of us, right? That it takes kind of it takes practice.
0: I I teach a skill that I developed in two thousand five, um, where I teach people to ignore the words. And pay attention to the emotions listen to the emotions Mm. and what i found is that when people learn how to do that they've got something to focus on and the beauty of it is that when you listen to the emotions you'll always remember the words because all memory is associated with emotion interesting and i can i can i can remember conversations that i would have never remembered but i used to be as a lawyer a prolific note taker but i don't have to take notes anymore i don't have an eidetic memory but all I have to do is pay attention to the emotions and I'll remember what happened. It's kind of fascinating, kind of remarkable. Yeah. I think part of it, I think part of the problem is that um, in leadership, at least in my experience, I'd be curious about what you think people get to, the people work their way up to the ranks. They get into leadership positions. Now they've got teams reporting to them and they have this, idea that i'm at the top and i don't have to listen and all i have to do is tell people what to do and i'm i know all and i'm the boss and and i worked hard to get here by god and you know you listen to me (laughs) that sort of very patriarchal hierarchical attitude um that that causes leaders especially not to be particularly good listeners which what's what's your experience
1: i think that's very accurate and I would add to that since we've already talked about a little bit, it that that's true too, as you get, as you move further up, right? Uh, because you don't get feedback.
0: Yeah. You're getting like more you do when you're
1: younger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes. So I do think that, that there's like, and good leaders, listen, good leaders surround themselves with people who have, are better at things than they are. Right. And so the whole point is to listen to what they have to say. Right. Um, but and I'd say that that's a that's a big difference between, you know, if you if you have yes men, the so-called yes men, um, then, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah, sycophants, they they don't they don't they don't help you at all other than to assuage uh, your ego. Right. Uh, right. It's What do you think the prime what do you think the primary functions of leadership are?
1: I <laughs> I think depending where you are and what you call leadership, right okay.
0: good, fair enough <laughs>
1: um but I think for some for for many of the clients that I work with, it's the strategizing, it's the development of the people who are reporting to you, helping bringing them along um, it's as you evolve right in or climb the corporate ladder, you become less of a doer and more of a thinker. And I think it's a it's a challenge that a lot of people have making that tra- transition, right? Um, and where they stumble in leadership is getting in, still being the doer and having no time for the thinking. And I'm often, exp- you know, talking to clients about the thinking being part of their job, right? The stuff they don't have time for, that's their job right. as a leader. That's their job as a an executive, a, a senior person. Um, but I, I think the development piece is really crucial too. I mean, as a leader, you need to be thinking about your people. And how their development is going, and how how to expand their you know it's sort of the all I'm a, I'm a queen of the mixed metaphor um, <laughs> how all boats rise the tides all boats rise um, right you know you you. You only excel as a leader. You're only as good as the people
0: so, who are. So, you're, so a, a good leader is going to be a good coach and teacher. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, that's part of the, the development, right? right? The coaching is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big thing that I love about coaching is this sort of ripple effect, which is why I have the logo I do, because it's sort of meant to be kind of a ripple but you know even in one to one coaching people pick up on you know uh, the effectiveness of the technique and when we talk about how they develop their people or you know getting into the questioning versus the telling seeking you know what they think instead of you know telling them what to do
0: yeah um so when i when i teach leadership i talk about um Focus, direction, and safety; those are the three psychological services that a leader provides to a group. Safety being emotional and psychological safety, through in, through being emotionally intelligent, effective, uh, cognitive empathy, stuff like that. Yeah. Then um, focus is keeping the keeping the team focused on task, so so they avoid work; they don't get in, in, enmeshed in what are known as work avoidant behaviors, and and then also direction. Looking out over the horizon, saying, "Where are we going? Where are the dangers? Where's the where are the opportunities?" Yeah, leaders the one person that can do that. Um, uh, it's like the in an orangutan troop. You know, you don't see teenage orangutans leading the troop. You see the old moms leading the troop because they know if they can go past those lions because the lions have been fed. They just ate, so they're not going to bother the troop. We can take the shortcut to get to the watering hole. and and they know where the best berry patches are. Right. Um right. so they, they provide direction leaders leaders provide direction and part yep. of the part of the process of being a leader is understanding just exactly what you're saying that you're not a doer you are you're a thinker, a strategist a- de- decision maker a coach, you're providing safety, you're creating safety for your team and direction and focus so yeah. that whatever goals you have can get get accomplished
1: and I'd add clarity
0: yes that i would put that i would i agree with that and i would put that under the focus part how yeah. you, if you don't have clarity how do you get focus and if you're unfocused yeah you probably lack clarity and that's, <laughs> that's a good point it's it's hard i think it, these are not skills that are taught taught anywhere i mean you you don't go to a formal class in for example learning how to get clear on stuff um i think a lot of it is is experiential learning and i suppose that also argues why having a high level executive coach like yourself is can be a real game changer for people.
1: Yeah, agreed. And you know, I would add so I do group coaching as well, which is, you know, for people who get confused between team and and group, group is people who are you know, don't work together as a team but have similar challenges to one another. And so they can help each other in the process um, as challenges come up, or as a coach with a group. When you're coaching an individual in the group on something that they raise, everybody in the group usually gets something out of it because they me have too. some form of similar challenges, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Me too.
0: We, I mean, we, it, it amazes me how how many shared experiences we all have that we don't talk about for one reason or another. And we are a little isolated. I think that social media has been a real downgrade <laughs> to our yeah. social interactions over the last 20 years. But, but um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's amazing to watch people have those enlightenment experiences. Oh, you're having that problem too. Yeah.
1: And, and I would add, you know, yes to social media and um i you know i think we're better at some things now than they we were when i was in corporate in terms of you know being vulnerable that it's okay to like say you have a problem right um
0: that's that is sh- slowly sh- sh- that's kind of yeah it's slowly shifting it's yes. better
1: yeah for sure and in group coaching you tend not to be with people in- your own organization which makes it even easier to yeah, kind of say i have a problem
0: you're not worried about <laughs> getting exploited or or being reprimanded or having adverse consequences because you're opening up a vulnerability that you have
1: exactly I, you
0: know, I can see that being i can see that as being very powerful yeah um so let me ask you one last question yeah tell us one thing about yourself that we wouldn't know if you didn't reveal it
1: oh oh i'll
0: give you an example i'll share one that i like to share
1: okay (laughs)
0: um, my mother myself and my brothers and my brother's children all went to the same schools and had the same teachers and principals over three generations in san well that's
1: pretty crazy that's pretty crazy
0: you wouldn't know that No,
1: no i wouldn't know that Okay. Hmm. Um, well, I mentioned that I, I this is just so random. I mentioned that I used to be <laughs> in the entertainment. You know, I my first job was at HBO. I loved I loved TV and media and all that stuff. And I lived in New York. And uh, one of the things when I was younger, living in New York after college, was my ability to see celebrities everywhere, famous people everywhere like it became a joke with because i'd call them up not on a cell phone because we didn't have them but i'd call them up and be like okay guess who i saw now um
0: <laughs>
1: it was like crazy that is really great big, big celebrities so that
0: is great you've got an eye for the celebrities so
1: that was yeah i had an eye for the celebrities now i don't even know who famous people are <laughs> I know.
0: I know. That's great. Great story. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to chat with me. I know my audience really appreciated it, too.
1: Thanks, Doug. This was really fun. It was such a pleasure to get to know you, too.
0: Absolutely. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.com. Doug Knoll, D-O-U-G-N-O-L-L dot com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, DougKnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Noel. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.